This is Where the Asians At, a podcast dedicated to introducing artists and industry professionals of Asian descent, as well as talk about the rising numbers of Asians in the entertainment and music industries. I'm your host, RJ Bagus. In today's episode, we talk to Maria Saruda, publishing assistant for ABEX USA. We talk about Maria's experiences in the music industry as a rising professional, our shared mentality in navigating the industry, as well as her favorite songs that sparked her love for music. You obviously work in the music industry. I wanted to kind of bring you on as kind of a voice to other Asian Americans or Asians who want to break out into the industry. You and I are still kind of finding our way in the industry and that's totally fine. Yeah. But um, just to kind of get it out of the way, like what is your background and where are you currently working in the industry? Yeah. So uh, my background just kind of, it's, it's everywhere. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm from Japan. Um, I lived there pretty much my whole life, um, but I did move to the U.S. Um, fairly young, I think, younger than, than most people. Um, I moved out here when I was 13, uh, decided that I, you know, wanted to be, you know, creative and be in the entertainment industry. I, I didn't really know then what I wanted to do. Uh, but I went to performing arts school and uh, decided to be a theater kid for about two years. And, you know, we don't talk about that anymore, but, <laughs> you know, uh, and then from then I got into songwriting, which was kind of the start to my passion for the industry and the business. Um, and then I went to college uh, in Colorado where I did, you know, studied music business all four years. I did try doing a dual major with songwriting, but it, it didn't work out for me as, as much as I wanted it to. I felt it was so forced. Um, you know, I, I hated the idea of having to create for a grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I stopped and then just kind of went full send in the music industry. And now I am currently working as a, a music publishing assistant at a company called Avex. Okay. And just so people, uh, just for people who don't know, what is Avex? Yeah. Um, Avex is a company um, that is based in Japan, uh, predominantly known for their record label side of things. Um, they helped produce a lot of really cool artists in Japan. Um, and, you know, they recently opened up a branch here in the U.S. Uh, in about, I think, 2018. Um, so mm-hmm. we're not super old yet. We're, we're a fairly new company. Um, but, you know, we do actually do more work with American artists than we do Japanese artists. Um, so we're very, you know, we're, we're kind of different compared to the headquarters. Um, so yeah, that's that's what Avex is. <laughs> okay, so it's sort of like a sub a subsidiary, sort of like how uh, Sony has like off mute in yeah. in South in Southeast Asia. Right, right, yeah, yeah, just like that. Um, and then we started off as publishing, so we didn't even do the label side of things, um, and we we just opened up the label, and that will be kind of up and running. It it started, but we're still kind of getting it out there and. You know, so it's fairly new, very exciting stuff. <laughs> okay. And um, so why did you want to get into the music industry or entertainment industries? Sure. Um, well, I grew up with a very naturally talented sister um, <laughs> who, you know, uh, did piano and, and she was the prodigy, you know. Um, and, you know, I grew up in such a creative artistic environment because of that. Um, my parents don't necessarily do music for a living, but, you know, my dad plays the guitar and my mom, you know, plays the flute. Like, you know, I just kind of grew up in that environment. Um, so I always knew that I wanted to do something creative. Um, and as a child, you know, I did, I did all of it. I did the piano, I did the ballet, um, and I did all the, you know, Asian extracurricular activities. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I I definitely felt something with music Um, for a very young child. I really, you know, I enjoyed like funk music and it was very interesting to my family that, you know, I was so young and I had such a, you know, versatile, you know, music, (laughs) you know, catalog in my brain. Uh, And, you know, that was kind of like the big thing uh, that really made me want to be a part of the industry. Um, And then when I went to um, Interlochen, which is the, the boarding school I went to, you know, being in the singer-songwriter department and, and being with a lot of talented other people, you realize how much people aren't aware uh, about how the industry works. 
and you know i i had a i had a few friends who just had you know who didn't have a lot of knowledge on the industry ended up you know signing some contracts and it didn't go well and they got taken advantage of and they were like you know what happened to my music it's not even mine anymore and I mean you you know you see Taylor Swift and she's a you know she's a she's a big gal she's earning her bucks she's you know making music and, and even then you know she has to re-record her albums it's it's a tragic thing where you know I feel like a lot of artists are so so involved in just the arts of it which I think like that's the way it should be, right? If you're a musician, like you should just focus on creating. But I feel like then, you know, sometimes people don't have that connection to the industry and it complicates, you know, um, all of that. So then that was kind of like my big, okay, like I wanna, I wanna do something about that. That's really good. And like, I've learned it, learned that through Benham as well. Like, it's not like you are kind of that person for the artist where you can, take care of all the business stuff so they can worry about the art right. and you, they don't have to worry about them being taken taken advantage of because like if you it, you just constantly have people who are turning away from the music industry if it's like always gonna be kind of hurtful hurtful to them sure. and, I, and I think that's kind of what like honestly I I resonate a lot with like your background because like that's yeah. similar to how I did I was in singing lessons I did music throughout school and everything right. and like my parents didn't know anything about the music industry they're not musical people like I'm the only one in the family who's musical and they didn't know anything about it all they knew is that it was difficult to get in and it was hard to maintain yourself in in the thing in no. the industry. right definitely and you know it's 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 just difficult because I feel like a part of it is is it's really hard to acquire information on the industry because it changes all the time so that you really have to be up and current to understand how publishing works and how, you know, X, Y, and Z works. It's, it's not something that you can just like Google and it's right there. Like you have to really, really look into it. And I think that's, you know, what's so challenging. And I feel, I think, especially for me, because I, you know, spent so much time creating and writing and you know playing piano and listening to so much music and you know I think I just had so much respect for the craft of it mm -hmm. um, and I think for me I was like I know what it feels like you know to to be a musician to create to love that and for that to be taken away is is you know it's it's so unfortunate and it's so sad and I just like I couldn't bear that you know yeah like I never imagined like if you rewind to like 2017 I was all in about becoming a musician becoming a jazz musician and then right. it took me not getting into the into the jazz program at UOP to kind of realize like maybe I'm not cut out for it but I know a lot of other people who are cut out for it who deserve their shot yeah and and then short story is like oh one of the the administration uh the person running admin at the time was like do you want to try this this major and see how you fare in it? And I ended up really enjoying it, especially like this year when Benham took over because like it was just really like more hands-on than yeah. me just like grinding hours away at practicing. Like for me, I love being useful at all times. Like I'm not useful if I'm just in a room practicing over and over again, but like, I feel useful when I'm out in the world, like doing things I can do. Right, for sure. And I, and I think so much of music is, is healing and it's power and it's, it's giving, um, you know, and I feel like when you realize the power behind music, it's not something that you can just, I don't know, it's not like, it's, I mean, I don't know, I, I guess I'm, what I'm just trying to say is like, for me, it's really not just like a money thing, like it's truly just a passion and a, and a love. Um, and, you know, like, whenever I wrote songs, like that was my child, right? That was my baby. I, I like, you know, couldn't even take critiques on it because I cared so much for it, yeah. you know? And then for that to be, you know, taken away, like I, I can't even imagine, you know? Yeah. It's a, like, and now you have new babies helping other artists become big and helping, making sure that their babies get, get seen. Sure, sure. And like, it's kind of like you traded one baby for another baby and you're, you're creating a new artist and you can say like you can have the sort of like Disney's Hercules with like Phil. Right. It's like oh that's yeah my boy like he's right. a star. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. So, do you think that 
do you need special training or education to kind of break it into this into the industry? Yeah, I mean, that's such a difficult question because I I feel like you know, especially now that I'm I'm like you know working in music, I really I meet so many different kinds of people, and a lot of people that I meet don't actually have formal training.、Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, every time I tell someone. That I have formal training, like you know, I went to school. I have a degree in music business. People always say, "Man, I wish, I wish I went to school for music business," because even the people in the industry who have been in the industry for countless years, you know, always feel that gap that that you know, like they don't really, you know, know how to explain how the splits work. Like even though they understand it, they weren't in the formal setting of learning how those work. Even though they've been in the industry for ten, fifteen years, they have a hard time explaining that to other people. And I feel like it's it's one of those things. Like, yes, you can definitely go into the industry without having any like formal training or going to school for it. But you know, it definitely helps. And and I mean, I know for me that like so much of publishing. Like, if I had not taken you know that class with Benham, like so much of that would. Would not, you know, I would, I would not understand. Like, I just would not, you know. And it's, it's because it's so complicated. Because even I think the people who created the system of music business just wanted to capitalize on the business itself. That they didn't really exactly figure out. I think how they wanted the industry to grow. I think it was really like, oh, like this is a really cool thing. Like we can make money on it, and and sure, that's how you know a lot of businesses start. But I feel like. With music, that was such a big part of it, you know, the branding and the marketing,、um, you know. But getting off topic, but you know, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> but yes, but yes, I feel, I feel, if you are in the position and you are able to acquire formal training, you know, whether you take a certificate or you take some training, or even if you, you know, talk to. Someone in the industry and say, "Teach me everything you know." And I mean, part of that is is working and, and doing an internship. But, but I think, you know, I mean, like to me, like with publishing, like Benham was my godsend. Like if not for Benham, like I just I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm really really grateful for that. You know, so because I have that, it's hard for me to say, you know, to just kind of go in, just just dump just jump in the water. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort、yeah. of like you have, like it's a way of you learning how to swim before you can. Yeah. No. Totally. Right. So it's, 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 it's difficult. It's difficult for sure、yeah. because I, I, I know people who are in music and and some people you know even create music without knowing how to like read notes and it's incredible what they can do just with their ears and they even create things that are just totally out there and different than people who can. You know, read music. So I feel like it's you know double-edged sword. Like you can, at the end of the day, if you have the motivation and the passion for it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think、um, just so just so some people who don't know what publishing is. So how does music publishing work in in for you? For what? What do you mean? <laughs> Or like, how does music publishing work? So like. People hear the word publishing, but they think like, oh, they think of books, like, oh, I'm getting my book printed and distributed. But how does that work for music? With publishing, what is so, what's so different is, oh, it's so hard to explain. Yeah, so I would say, so how publishing works, it's just you're worrying about everything that has to do with the song that you don't necessarily see if you're not in the industry. I feel like that's a good way to put it, because you're not going to be concerned with who owns 15% of the song if you're a music consumer. Like that's not something you see.、Um, but you know, with publishing and the way that works, every time you listen to a song, all of the work that the publishers did, whether to register the song or making sure that you know that. That there is a certain flow through between the song and the identifying of said song,、um, and that's how people get paid, right? Yeah. Like publishing really is how musicians just earn their money. Really, I think is 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 what it is,、um, and it's just you don't even like people. I don't. I don't even think that people even really realize or understand how music is.、Um, 
like how, how music ends up on Spotify or like yeah. your, or Apple. And, and part of that, you know, is, is like publishing, you know, part of it just, just because like, you need to know how much of what belongs to who, because if you didn't, then you couldn't, you know, distribute that song. Cause like, if you don't know, you know, who owns what, and you don't know where the money is going to, then you can't put those songs out there and there would be nothing for people to listen to. So yeah. I think publishing is is such a big part of it. Um, but yeah, and but also very hard to acquire information on. Like publishing is not something that is that is readily I like think, at the at the consumer's fingertips. Like like Spotify's yeah. not giving you these numbers right away. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I feel like the thing is with publishing, everybody kind of has like their own rules. Mm-hmm. It's like some people are like, oh, like, like with publishing, they're like, oh, like um like Spotify, you know, pays their artists differently than Apple does. And it's like, it's just, it's what, I mean, like depending on how much of the song is streamed and, you know, it's, it's complicated because all publishers do different things and all administrators have different platforms. And I mean, you know, we just had the, not just, but we, you know, started implementing like the Music Modernization Act and the Mechanical Licensing Collective. Uh, you know, which hopefully that database will help people to kind of obtain more information on, you know, who the master belongs to, who the the publishing belongs to, you know, and I, I mean, the, the writer belongs to. And I feel like those are just some big key elements that, that people don't really know about that are really, really important. Yeah. In simple terms, it's a way of a musician getting money for their song. Sure. But behind the scenes, no one realizes that it's a web of red tape that you have to jump over. You have to get clearance. You have, let's say you're in a band, you have to figure out who contributed what, what percentage do they contribute? It's like the Beatles didn't split everything four ways. Right. And it's, it's, uh, it's evident because like you even look at their discography, like how many songs did Ringo really write? Right. And how many songs compared to how many songs like John Lennon and Paul McCartney wrote? It's right. definitely a skew and there has to be a way of paying people their just due. Sure. And, and, and there, and their disputes, you know, like all the time, <laughs> all the time, yeah. you know, and it's, it's funny because people really fight for that, that point one or that point two, you know, I mean, I spend so much time tracking down splits and sometimes they'll be like, yeah, like this artist owns 18.73. And then you go through all the numbers and then I'll be like, well, it adds up to 99.99 and you need that point one. <laughs> yeah. Then I have to go track it down again. And it's, it's hard because people, people know how much that point is worth, you know, yeah. and that's your, the tangible idea of your music is really how much of it you own, you know? Yeah. So I've like, you could just say that publishing is kind of like you being a detective definitely for the artist like you have to figure out you have to find the clues you have to make sure that people are giving you the right information and thus it turns into money for them like it's different for me because I'm like I'm I'm focusing in marketing and journalism so like marketing is just like give me all the information I have about the artists about who they are what how they think who their who their dog is what what they eat, eat coffee yeah and like you turn that and you you meld it into a content for the fan to be like hey i i i drink a, a caramel macchiato too like oh i could just i could be just like them it's like right. similar like like mike deal and like i give all the props to music publishers just because like they do the the lord's work of making sure that people get paid <laughs> it's 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 a big part of it you know and and like if i you know i'm working on on a metadata sheet and i give someone 0.5 when they were supposed to get 0.3 and I give that 0.2 to another person that person does not get their their money you know like I'm I'm responsible for for their well-being really you know uh which is a lot of pressure but it's also really nice to be doing work where I feel like I'm I'm making a difference you know I'm I'm making sure that everything is up to par and that they you know are getting everything they need yeah, and music publishers, music publishing has kind of become the like law of the land in the yeah. internet because like I remember me little ten year old RJ 
on the laptop illegally downloading music it's past 10 years i can do i can say that now <laughs> yeah getting arrested <laughs> but um like in your mind like the consumer doesn't care because they think like oh these are these are big artists they're getting paid mm-hmm. some weird amount of money like that's arbitrary to me that doesn't matter to me but then yeah. i realized that oh i'm listening to smaller artists like youtubers who yeah. don't necessarily have a label behind them sure. Sure. And so you're really just taking money out of their pocket. And that's why, like, I made the change. I was like, okay, I'm going to start buying my music, start the Spotify and the Apple music and everything. Cause it's, it really does make a difference for them. It, it really does, you know, and, and it, it's crazy. It, cause it's, it's really like, like 0.000, like nine. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's not anything like big anymore, especially just because, you know, people don't buy CDs anymore. Like that was, that was how people made their money, you know? And, and I mean, vinyl is making a comeback, but it's not so substantial that streaming is irrelevant. Like streaming is, is how they make their money. And especially I think with, you know, the current pandemic, it definitely like the industry took a very big hit. And although streaming went up, it's like, they're not making their money from the touring and emerge from the touring. And, and it's, it's it's difficult it's difficult because i think with music it's really like you know exactly where you're making your money and like where the big chunk is coming from mm-hmm. and you know as a kid i mean hey i i'll be the first to admit too you know but it's you don't have that connection and i feel like that information isn't you know available i think that if me you know me as a child i understood that I would, I would have never done anything like that. You know, I would yeah. never want to hurt the music or the artists that I love. And it was, you just don't, you just don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm trying to find like a uh, continuing onto the thing. So you have your expertise in American music. Do you have any like idea of what, how the Japanese industry works? Um, yeah. Like, I mean, to, work a with Apex? to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, well, music in japan is is like a whole whole other whole other thing you know and it's mm-hmm. it's so different from the industry here in the us and i think a big part of it like in japan they handle their splits in fractions okay in fractions um which you know is ridiculous because if you look if you look at their splits it's like it doesn't make it you know it's it's like 40 over like 200 and I'm like what 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 does that mean like how does work right yeah so it's it's really challenging um you know because obviously you know we occasionally keep in contact I mean we do keep in contact with headquarters so you know we'll see those splits and uh I don't really um talk to headquarters as much as my you know other supervisors do Mm -hmm. But it's it's definitely a challenge. There's definitely a difference. And in Japan, there's one PRO, right? There's JASRAC and, and that's it. And you know, in the US we have three. So they have physical sales. Like people still buy CDs. Like we have a standing tower records and NHMB, and those are non-existent in the US and haven't been, you know, I don't remember the last time I saw like a CD store. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's been a very long time. But but in Japan, it's like a whole different sentiment. People buy CDs, people go to like signings and get signatures from their artists. Like it's a very, very different um, environment. Yeah. Um, um, and in Japan, especially I think it's so normal for people to be signed to a record label. Um, whereas in the US, I feel like you can, you, can, you can do a lot in the industry without needing to be a part of a label. Yeah. Like you, if you know what you're doing, you can, you know, distribute your music and do all of that. But I feel like in Japan, I think it's it's actually really hard to, to be an artist. What advice would you give to other Asians who want to be like artists or professionals in the industry, especially with like the culture that we, that, a lot, that, we, that we all share kind of around the music industry and like the myths about the music industry? Yeah, um, it's so interesting because I think as an Asian in the industry, I think you have to realize that you will probably be the only Asian person in the room uh, most times. You know, I mean, even with my education and my music business degree, I was one of two Asians in the entire program. Um, And even just 
in not even just business classes, right? Just, just normal performance classes. Like I would be the only Asian and, you know, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's not easy. Uh, you know, and I feel like, especially when it comes to Asian people in the music in industry, you know, working in back of house, like more business side of things. That's also another different thing because I, you know, when I went to high school and I went to performing arts school, a lot of the, you know, um, Asian musicians were very much into classical music and, but nobody that I knew, at least I didn't personally know, wanted to be a part of the business, right? And it's, it's difficult. And I, I don't know if that's just because of how we're raised or the environment we're in, but it's not something a lot of people think about. And I feel like you have to be in a you know, specific environment to want to do what we do. Um, but, you know, I would say is don't be afraid. Like if you are the only Asian in the room, like embrace it, like embrace it. Cause you might have, you know, some fun ideas that other people don't, you know? And I think I've, I mean, I've realized, you know, I don't want to be like stereotypical or anything like that, but I, I have realized over the years um, that Asian people love to be with other Asian people because we're so comfortable, you know, like, it's great. We can all talk about hot pots and sushi together. Like, it's great. You know what I mean? But I feel like, like, it makes it harder for us to branch out because we put ourselves like in a group and we kind of like cuddle together because that's what we're comfortable because we know that it can be uncomfortable to be the only Asian person in the room um so you know whenever I have the opportunity to you know speak about being an Asian in the industry or speak to my other Asian friends I always say you know like don't hang out with the Asian people <laughs> you know and, and I don't mean that in any weird like condescending way like obviously hang out with them like they're your friends like you love them sure but I mean like 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 do, do what you can to, you know, talk to a bunch of different people, let them know that, you know, Asians can, can do music in a very different way. Like if, you know, if I, me as a Japanese person wants to like, listen to Tower of Power all day, like all the more power, you know what I mean? And it's like, like, that's great, you know? And then, or like, if, you know, I want to listen to Justin Bieber, like, sure, why not? You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to be, you know, obsessed with K-pop just because I'm Asian. And a lot of people will be like, oh, you must really like Asian music. And I'm like, yeah, Asian music is awesome, but that's not all I listen to, you know? And and even, you know, growing up in, in high school, you know, I'd carry around my guitar and I, and I had a big like foam case because the big cases were heavy. Um, and all the time I got so many questions. People were like, oh my God, you play the cello. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't play the cello. <laughs> I play the guitar, you know, so it's, it's just one of those things that we just kind of have to break through and be okay with it. Like if people aren't aware, like tell them like, Hey, like, it's okay if you don't really know, but like, like, let's talk about it. Let's learn about it. And I feel like if we all huddle together, like it's not, that day is not going to come, you know, yeah. like I hope that another Asian girl carrying on a guitar is not going to be, you know, someone's not going to go up to them and be like, Oh, you're carrying a cello. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hope that one day that, that doesn't happen and it's like oh my gosh you play the guitar like that's so badass you know what I mean yeah I feel like for that conversation to happen and for people to get into the industry and be comfortable is just like be comfortable being different being unique being the only one uh, and embrace it <laughs> yeah. yeah like I've noticed like the whole reason why I started this podcast was because um I noticed in my own program that I was like one of five sure and it was really kind of like it was different being the minority for once. Cause like I grew up in the Bay area, Asians are everywhere. Like I went to a predominantly Asian high school, but like the idea of us being in the music industry or us being performers was always kind of like, Oh, you're limited to just classical music. Right. And then, but it took me being like branching out and like listening to different artists is like, there's a, there's room for everyone at the table in different genres. And I think, it's time for us to like say like hey we're available to be here like just this week on Simulu's birthday they released the, the trailer teaser for for shang chi yeah and rings and i was like that's amazing like we're finally getting kind of a little bit of recognition and i think it's because we're a new generation has come up and we're like we will be in the music industry no matter what no matter what our family tells us whatever no matter what 
racial stereotypes we may face, no matter what hardships we may face, we're going to do it because it's something that we're passionate about. Sure, sure. And and I feel like, you know, I, I, I feel like it's also one of those things where it's like, don't, don't let that be the only thing that you, you define yourself as, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, because I feel like so many times, especially like in our current society, it's so easy to be like, I'm, I'm Asian and I'm the only one in this room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm the only person who is Asian, who is in this room, you know, talking about music industry and, and being passionate about the business. And it's so easy, I think, to put ourselves in the corner. Like, don't let that be the thing that defines you. Be like, you know, like if you're, if you're, if you're Jessica and you're Asian, like that's great, but you know, it doesn't need to be, oh, I'm Jessica, I'm Asian, but I love the industry. It should be, I'm Jessica, like. Yeah, I love the industry. Punk music, right. And I I love to be a part of the industry. And I feel like sometimes it's so easy for us to isolate ourselves and to be like, this is what makes me different. But I feel like already the fact that we want to be part of the industry is so different. Like, let that be the thing. Let let it be that you're just unique as a human being. and just take that stick, you know, stigma away. It's like you don't. That doesn't have to be your identity, and it's an awesome one to have. Um, but I feel like we just need to embrace and be like, we all just want to be a part of the industry because we love music and want to be a part of it. Yeah, it's similar to how like Gabriel Iglesias he talks about like when he first started out as a as a comedian, like he's Latino. He was like, he on every bill he was on every poster he was like Latino comedian Gabriel Iglesias. And it's like, sure. why can't I just be a comedian? right because whenever anyone like let my name say who I am but let me let them come to the show and let me tear down those walls that they are aware of or they they may not be aware of sure and so like it's just we just we just need the opportunity to like be able to shine and like we are making our own way of doing it too especially with like groups like 88 Rising, AVEX and like all these other collectives that are coming out it's like hey we are Asian we're proud but like we're not just Asian, we're musicians that can make just as good, good as music as all the other well-established artists. Right. No, definitely. And, and, you know, I mean, I, especially with like, I mean, K-pop on the rise, like how crazy, like I'll talk to so many people and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I love K-pop. They're like, do you like K-pop? And I was like, well, I don't listen to a whole lot of K-pop, but when it comes on, I think they're awesome. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, it's crazy that that's kind of like, it's, it's a new wave, right? It's, it's coming and it's, with K-pop too, it's, you know, it's, I don't know. I feel like, cause a lot of people ask me all the time, like, oh, Marie, like what, what genre do you like the most? Or like, what, what music do you enjoy? Um, and I always say, I don't, and, or they'll be like, what genre do you not like? You know? And I, and I always tell people and I say, I don't, I don't isolate a genre. Like I just listen to music as music. And then if there's a certain song I don't like, and if that happens to be rock or if that happens to be country like so be it (laughs) you know so I feel like I feel like sometimes we box ourselves in in all these like little tiny things and and we hoard them and we love them and that's wonderful and that's great Um, but I just you know like we should just love music as a whole do you know what I mean yeah like I didn't discover any Asian artists until probably like freshman year of high school like before that, I was listening to a lot of like Jason Mraz, uh, Tupac, Biggie. Like I was listening, like I had what a lot of people call it's eclectic sound, like eclectic music taste. Sure, Because sure. you're, when you're in the industry or you want to be in the industry or you're making your own music, you want to pull from multiple things. Mm-hmm. And like, who says that you can't listen to country and take inspiration from country and turn that inspiration into a rock song or turn that rock song into a hip-hop song or vice versa yeah definitely and that's one of the things I love about music is that's so relative to like we should not be like limiting ourselves to one genre when all of it's kind of in a in a whole web of like oh did you know that like J. Cole sampled this song from a country song or did you know that Jay-Z sampled this song from a Bali song like it's it's a cool web of like of ideas and like that's just how my mind works. It's like red, sure. t- like red cord going from one point to another point. Like the most yeah. minuscule details will be like, oh, it goes to this and it goes to that. It goes to over here. Yeah. And that's kind of something that like makes us more human. It makes us more three dimensional is that okay. not everyone has the answers. Not everyone falls into a stereotype. Granted, some stereotypes are true to a right. sense, but also like 
it gives it gives us more ability to be relatable. Definitely, definitely. And it's, you know, it like 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 what you just said, it's you know, music is so much of it is just being free and being whoever it is, you know, you want to be. I mean, if you take Queen, for example, like Freddie Mercury was like, I'm gonna do a six minute song that is a rock song that is an ode to opera. Like, you know what I mean? And it, it should be that free, you know? And I feel like that should be the, the language of music. Um, and I feel like that, I feel like that is, that is what we need to do as Asian people in the industry. Like we need to be an operatic album in rock. Like that, I feel like that's the kind of energy that, that we Asians need to feel um, and that passion for, for all the little things that we love, you know, part of it being Asian, but then also understanding like Western culture, like put it all together, you know? Yeah. And it's sort of like uh, a lot of people are always like, oh, why? Like to some artists who are Asian, who are like rap artists or pop artists, like, oh, why are you trying to act black or white? It was like, we're not trying to act that way. We are showing our love and appreciation for something. And there's always that fine line between appreciation and appropriation. Right. But at the same time, like you have acts like Rich Brian, who like originally Rich Chiga, and he didn't even know that his name in the beginning was derogatory. Right. And then he was like, oh, I didn't know. And he internalized that and said, okay, I'm gonna change my name to Rich Brian now. And like people applauded him for him. Like, well, that's great. Like we should always be open to, to criticism. And I feel like people should always be open to that kind of freedom that like, hey, we're here to create. We're not here to break anyone down. We're here to build people up. And if you like the music, that's great. If you don't like it, maybe I'll catch you on the next song. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I, I feel like, and, and with that, it's like, you don't, like, pe- people make mistakes. Like, I feel like we're so hard on ourselves to, to be perfect. And I think especially if you're Asian, you have that, I don't know. I, I mean, at least for me, you know, my parents were traditional and they were strict. And like, I always felt I had a certain standard, um, and a bar, you know, that I had to meet. And that was my expectation, um, you know, and, and it's okay, you know, we're, we're human. It's not, it's not always that perfect and cutthroat. Not everybody's gonna, you know, enjoy, enjoy all of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's such a, that's such a big part of music is like, there's so much controversy. Like some people will love a certain song. Some people will hate it. I mean, like, Look at how crazy, like, you know, Little Nas new song. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so much controversy. But it's like, that's the way, that's the way music I feel like is supposed to be. And, you know, part of that is is us being being Asian and and being a part of the industry and being that, being the controversy and and loving it and being different. Yeah. And I think we need to, in this, I think everyone in the industry could really take a look at a philosophy and just start listening to each other more than trying to argue with each other because like if at the end of the day it's art and art's supposed to make you talk and have conversations about something that they wanted to point out right so like obviously Lil Nas X like he made that song to for something that he loved but also bring in a lot of controversy and also bring in a lot of conversation about how we perceive things right definitely and, yeah. and, you know, to, to me, it's like, it's like, if you don't, if you don't like a certain song, if you don't like a certain artist, like, that's fine. It's just, it's just preference. It's like, what kind of food you like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But part of it, you know, is, is like that you, you try it and you try all kinds of things and you, you figure out what it is that you enjoy. Yeah. And I always tell every single artist that like, I remember on TikTok, I, I was, I saw this one artist who was like crying saying that she didn't want to continue doing music because people yeah. were just hating on her. I'm like, right as like I messaged her I was like as a person in in working to be in the industry I do not want this to be the end for you right and like I checked out her music it's like your music's amazing you need to realize that you are making it for yourself right not for anyone else right and if other people agree or relate to you then you've done your job as a musician you wanted to take your emotions um and and not monetize it but like materialize it into a song of emotion Sure. Yeah. No, ab- absolutely. I mean, like, you know, like a, a great example is, is Lady Gaga. Like she, when she came out, she was so out there. Everybody was like, what is going on? But, but you know, but she's, she's, um, she's an amazing artist. And, you know, she even talks about how so many people told her that she couldn't be part of the industry, that she didn't fit a certain mold um, and look at her go, you know, what I mean? yeah. like, you don't, you don't have to be like, like a perfect cutout of, 
of what you think that you need to be. You yeah. can be whatever. And, and someone out there will relate to you. They just do. People always find a way to relate to you. Uh, and I mean, sure, a big part of it is marketing and branding and, and whatnot. But but people relate, you know, they relate to music and they relate to that, that feeling, you know, mm-hmm. um, people just kind of have to trust the process. It's hard, but you, you just have to trust it. Yeah. And in terms of marketing, like you always see a lot of the artists who have more longevity are the ones who are true to themselves. Definitely. The ones who don't tend to like have any other person tell them who to be or how or how to act and right. that's that's something i really commend on like uh like artists like nikki or like in the in previous episodes like chloe tang because like she talks about her emotions in terms of like a breakup and like right. literally in the song walk you out she's telling her ex to just get the f out like i don't right. care about you i'm not gonna cry like and everyone's like commenting like oh like give him a chance I feel really bad for the guy I'm like no you don't know the whole story right <laughs> like you're acting like, like like the guy's all innocent like that guy could, could have been really horrible and you wouldn't right. know sure. it's because she opened that little snapshot of the relationship and she's like yeah I'm like in my mental state I'm over I'm over you just get right. out and right. I'll, just, I'll walk you out make sure yeah. you, make sure you, you the, the door hits you on the way out right totally <laughs> and like the level like that's the one thing I love about the music industry is that everyone's so authentic and like there's no level of like there's some people who are like faking to make it which is like totally fine that's your process do you but like people who are true to themselves tend to be a little bit more long to stay a little bit longer right because I feel like a big part of your image and your brand in the industry is is just really how how you think of yourself how you portray yourself as a, a human being you know, and I feel like so much of music is is emotional and it's just you, you know, especially if you're an artist or you're a musician or you're a writer, like your music will translate into, um, I mean, yourself will translate into the music, like no matter what, no matter what it is that you do, people are going to are going to get a part of you, you know, and and they're going to experience you in the song, whether you write it or you don't, you know. Yeah. And I feel that happens a lot especially like with bts and all, and all like the international stars that are coming out yeah that it doesn't matter about language either right sometimes you can just enjoy a song for to enjoy a song absolutely and it's just like songs are are all relative and that's that's how it all passes out is like sometimes the song can be really sad but like at the same time it's about the emotion that it that it portrays in you and portrays in the artist yeah Definitely. And it's, you know, because I mean, music itself is a universal language, you know what I mean? Like if you, it's like, if you know how to play the piano, like you can read music from all over the world, you know, and if you enjoy music and you hear it, that that in itself is a language. Um, sometimes people forget that. You, you touched on this earlier. I, I just want to know, are, you, are there any artists that you listen to, like any Asian artists, but also your favorite artists in general that you listen to? <laughs> I know you mentioned Tower Power, which I love I, t- I love tower power i played them a lot in high school and they are difficult to play but they are a lovely challenge to, to conquer yeah tower power is great um i i mean i listen to so many different genres um i think um i mean i i have like ten thousand songs you know in, in you know in my itunes or my apple music now but i guess um but you know i i listen to all kinds of things and when it comes to japanese music um there's a band called uh uh, and they are like a crazy like little group of people who and it's funny because their music is so Japanese and so not Japanese they, they they don't fit the mold but somehow they still do which is which is why I love their music um, and they have so many fun like jazzy um, influences like the, the piano player is absolutely amazing and it's almost a little bit of that western energy in there in terms of like how they construct and produce the song uh, but you know they're I mean they're really cool um, and as for normal I mean not normal but but western music um, I don't know it's it's so hard for me to pinpoint an artist because I really I listen to all kinds of all kinds yeah of, I know it's, it's like it's asking like what's your favorite ice cream flavor and you work in an ice cream shop right it's it's difficult I will say that one of the 
when people ask me what the most influential album to me is or was as a child, what made me go, oh my gosh, this is, this is different. This is not something that I've experienced before would be Elephant by Black Eyed Peas. That album changed my life as a child. Um, you know, because I had an older sister and, and I got all my music from her. And the first CD I ever owned was Elephant by Black Eyed Peas. And so a lot of the songs um, in that album have really cool piano riffs and like, you know, one song has a really cool like riff in it. Um, and it's it's pop, but it's not just pop. And they have all these different influences. And, and I truly believe that my music taste really stemmed from that. And it sounds crazy, but from that, I was like, oh, like this is a cool, like it's like, it's interesting, it's different. And then it kind of took me into like the world of jazz and funk and then through you know understanding more music I you know like I love music produced by Pharrell I've just noticed you know like like I enjoy you know music he's produced and that that vibe um, and then you start to kind of I don't know so it's it's hard for me because I I listen to so many different artists uh, so I will leave it at that That was Latin Girls by the Black Eyed Peas off their album Elefunk, an album that sparked Maria's love for music. Let's get back to the interview where we talk about how the internet changed the music and her experiences in the music industry. You know, because it's hard to it's hard to get into Japanese music, I think, especially, you know, being in the U.S. Because, um, you know, J-pop isn't as big as K-pop is out here. Mm-hmm. People still listen to J-pop, but I think a lot of it comes from anime and not necessarily just J-pop in general. Um, but but that band um, was one of the, the, the bands that I was like, oh, like this is a side of, of Japanese music I have not been introduced to. Um, so I recommend their music. For sure. Um, I feel like, especially with TikTok, I feel like a lot of people are now getting open to, to Japanese rock, J-rock J, J and J-pop, and especially city pop, because, like, all the all the TikTok trends are coming out with it. Right. And it's basically, it's definitely a revamping and a reintroduction of the music, which is really great. Sure, yeah. I feel like the internet has kind of made the world in a sense really small in terms of like where things are coming from that's why like finding artists of like of similar styles is really cool and like plus like a lot of people like music consumers they tend to like only like listen to one type of type of music but at the same time like there's so many 
countries in the world, so many different societies who'd have different takes on on a certain genre. Mm -hmm. And then in in itself is relative and then everyone can actually find a way to like share the music. Right. Yeah, no, totally. And I mean, you know, TikTok is, is such a such an interesting new new media, you know, new media platform, I feel, because that's how like that is how trends are now determined. Like all mm -hmm. trends, music, fashion, books, like when you want to learn about something, people are like, oh, I'm gonna look it up on TikTok. If I'm gonna learn how to cook, like I'm gonna look it up on TikTok. And it's like this new phenomenon where everything that is trending, everything that you know is popular is now happening in TikTok and you acquire all of your knowledge on TikTok. Yeah. And it, it determines, I mean, if you look at, you know, the US top 100, like the charts, all TikTok songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, it's so funny to me. But yeah. I think it's also shaping the music industry and how like people are creating songs too, because I feel like a lot of people are getting into like more dance music there and mm -hmm. it's all about the beat. Me personally, right. I'm like a lyricist person. Like I love listening to lyrics it stems from my sisters playing like boys to men or like all for one yeah when I was a baby and like the it's just imprinting in my mind right so, I mean like, it's, it's a big part of it is how how you're how you're you know raised as a child and and the music you listen to as a child you know like I love Latin music and I could never understand why and then I realized that my mom had played Ricky Martin over and over <laughs> as a child and now I understand why I appreciate you know latin influenced music <laughs> yeah and there's been a lot of studies where um your the the music you listen to in your adolescence really sticks with you it's because mm -hmm. it, it's a sense of relatability in terms of like how like oh like dear maria by like all time low like everyone loves that song because like everyone in middle school was like going through tough times especially yeah. like, with, with the girl they like and like them, right. them. so like it's it's a sense of relatable like music's always going to be relatable and that's something that you can't put a finite like mathematical equation to absolutely like the trends are so hard to, to to follow that the industry tends to like run maybe a step behind maybe two steps behind sure and it's great like in in a sense the music industry is always going to be interesting and that's one thing i love about the industry is that you'll never stop learning yeah yeah that is that is for sure it everything constantly is changing and evolving i mean right now like rap is what people listen to predominantly you mm -hmm. know and, and what's so interesting to me is like you know the genre of pop is basically what you know is trending the most like pop because pop music theoretically if you listen to all kinds of pop music you can hear like songs that are more on the r&b spectrum or songs that are more like you know, on the rap spectrum. Um, so then, you know, it's it's so funny to now listen to music and to be part of the industry and be like, well, now how we define pop is starting to change because pop is whatever is, you know, most relatable or most current, you know? Yeah. Like a good example would be Justin Bieber's Peaches. Like Peaches sounds like a, like a, like a, like a rap song. Right. No, definitely. Like it's yeah. so hard to like, and nowadays it's so hard to figure out where people are falling into certain genres and I think I think we should just get rid of the whole genre like idea entirely just because like music's a music's a shared thing sure definitely and and you know and I feel like that kind of goes back to a conversation earlier about where you know it's just like even if you're Asian it doesn't have to be oh I'm Asian I love being you know in music or I love working in music it's just I love working in music you know what I mean it's just getting rid of that that box yeah and that's kind of one of the reasons, another reason why I started the podcast is because like there's a, there's so many artists that I, that I personally listen to that like are only Asian famous or Chinatown famous. Mm -hmm. And like, I want to make sure that like using my platform of me being in the industry, having connections that I have, like, Hey, did you realize that like, Hey, if you liked Noah Jones, you could totally listen to Melissa Polinar or if you like Aaliyah, totally listen to Nikki. Right. They just so happen to be Asian, but like they give off the same vibe, and that's something that you can really latch on to. Right, definitely. Yeah. So um going to another question is like who inspired you to be to break out into the business? Was it just you, or was there a certain teacher or a certain like person that really like artist that really got you into it? Um well, I think 
um, it's it's like accumulation of things, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, just going back to to the the first question about my background, you know, I I had a sister who was just naturally gifted at the piano, and and she always loved music, and that was kind of her language, and and I was like, oh, this is really cool, um, and I definitely kind of went into it um, more of a consumer than anything. Um, and even when I was going to school for music business, I didn't know what in the business I wanted to do. All I knew was that I wanted to make a difference and let alone, I like had no idea. Like I didn't even, when I first started, you know, college, I didn't even know that publishing was such a big part of, you know, making sure writers are happy. You know what I mean? Like publishing is such a big part of like seeing where music is and who owns what and part of it really truly is protecting the music you know what I mean um and the copyright of it and I had you know I had no idea I just knew that I wanted to do something that was good that was that was helpful um and I mean if I'm being honest like like Benham like you know after taking his class and understanding what publishing means and what it does um understand the function of it the necessity of it I was like that is what I need to be doing yeah. um, so that that is something that really brought me into the publishing industry um, I think as for music industry it was always just like a big part of of me feeling like I wanted to help my friends you know my friends who had been taken advantage of and my friends who wished that they had people around them who cared about their music and not about profiting off of their art you know, and, and I saw that and it broke my heart. And I was like, I wish I could help you, but I don't, I don't know enough yet to be able to help you. And I think that was my big, my big thing for wanting to be in the industry. And then I think, you know, taking Benham's class and understanding publishing, you know, it helped me turn that dream into something more tangible. Yeah. And I think you and I kind of share the same sentiment in like, in that you see so many of your friends suffering because for their art but you can always tell them like hey you don't have to suffer like I can help you and you're doing it all for the right reasons right there's so many people who are who just want to be in the industry to be in the industry to make money right and you don't hear where they are now like you all you can know about is like an example like that comes to mind for me is like Tyler the creator Tyler the Creator started off with loiter with a golf wang or a loiter squad. And yeah. like now you you only hear about him because he cared about the music enough to continue. Right. And I'm not saying the other people in, in Lawyer Squad or Golf Wang are not, or Odd Future isn't like talented, but right. it's a special type of person to realize, like, hey, my music's touching someone and I want to make sure that I can continue helping that person. Right. I mean, def I definitely am a true believer in that if you're passionate about, about something, you can work 10 times harder than someone who's doing a job who isn't passionate. You know what I mean? Like, because you're so passionate, you can put everything, you can make those compromises, those sacrifices, those hard choices, and, and you figure out what it is that you're chasing, you know? And so, and what you're chasing truly is your own happiness, you know, your love for music. And I think that at the end of the day, like, I believe that if you just chase your passion and you chase what it is that you love, um, I, I believe the money follows. Because there's so many people in the industry who do, like you were saying, who are in the industry to make money, to profit. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all need to live. We all need to have, like, have money and survive. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what makes us different is how much we care and people in the industry will will just they just know that someone who's passionate is always going to work harder than someone who isn't so we're constantly like the music industry like that was one of the biggest myths dispelled about the music industry is that like oh it's a comp it's a competition all the time it's like it doesn't have to be it can be definitely a collaboration and it's a team effort like that's why I've always pushed for the idea that like, like high school bands or like public school bands are just as beneficial as sports teams. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you totally like are saying something that's totally true to everyone is like, we're all in this for a certain reason, but you'll realize that like people who work hard because they enjoy the hard work because they love the struggle of doing the good work 
and doing the Lord's work and doing everything possible for an artist is good. It's right. you're doing your, your good for the world. Right. Definitely. And you know, it's like, I always feel like I'm, I'm serving music. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like there is, there is this love and this language that I understand which is music, you know, and like my love language, I tell everybody, it's my love language is making playlists. Like I make playlists for all of my friends and that's how they know that I care about them is because I curate a playlist for them. But you know, it's, it's such a big part of my everyday life, you know? Yeah. And, and so I, I do everything I can to, to, to do that, to love music. And then, you know, of course the people who make, who make music, it's like, wow, like amazing. Like you came up with that, like your brain, in your hands created said said song and like how amazing you know to 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 create something that that I love and that you know in hard times like you know made me feel better and when I was having a great time made me feel even better you know and and I feel like like I truly you know I spend so much of my time doing what I love and working hard is because like I want to do right by music because it's done right by me my whole life yes and like it just it just made me remember that like some people like behind the scenes we're like the biggest cheerleaders for our artists mm -hmm. like you'll see me at every like especially this this year since everything was online i was able to hop on zoom watch every recital cheer on every single person and like everyone in the conservatory knows me as like he's the guy who doesn't perform but he loves cheering everyone on right because honestly sometimes you don't see a lot of people say like good job for for doing the best you could or good job for performing under certain certain circumstances right and the artist always has to like know that like they're working the their art is 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 coming through right sure it's it's yeah. it's so it's so it's such a vulnerable thing to yeah. perform and to kind of let it all go and be like, I am here and I am standing and I'm like bearing my soul. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like so much of music is like you write about what you know, you know? So if you had a horrible breakup, it's most likely that you're going to write about a breakup for a few weeks, you know? And if you end up performing that, like every time you perform that, you feel it and you experience it all over again. And like that is, it's so powerful and it's so vulnerable and, it's courageous, you know? Um, so I, I feel, and I think especially because I, you know, was a songwriter myself, I still write sometimes. I, I get that vulnerability and it's terrifying, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's good. It makes me happy knowing that there's starting to, you know, it's starting to happen, this new shift where people are like, wait, I want, I want to know more about this industry. I want to care and to help these people. Like, it makes me happy to know that, that there are now gonna be more people who are invested in how the writers are doing, you know? And, yeah. and that's such a new world, you know? People, some, some people still believe that like, if Ariana Grande is performing a song, she wrote that entire song. And like, and some people just don't know that there are multiple components to it, you know? And it's it's just not information that's readily available. So. You know, I'm, I'm just excited that more people are curious. People want to know why Taylor Swift, you know, needs to record all her albums again. And like, that makes me happy. It's like, good. Like we should all learn about how the industry works because everyone's like, oh, I love music. Like no matter what you do in life or where you stand or your job is or your class or whatever you identify is of your ethnicity, like it doesn't matter, right? Like music is music. And even if you love music, some people just, you know, it's just music. They don't really know what's going on in the back. Um, so I'm happy that people are starting to figure that out. Yeah. And music has like an undescribable feeling of like connectiveness, but something that words itself cannot describe. Sure. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the great things that we all love about music. And that's why we keep coming back to that point of like music is relative. Music is a universal thing. It's because it is a universal thing. Right. And it's something that really connects us all. And that's why like making the podcast was all about showing that like we as a group, we as Asians can be, can do music, but we're not just Asians because we do, we do music. We're doing mm -hmm. music because we're human beings. Right. Yes. And I think that that is, that is the message of the century, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
like it it makes me happy that that you know we're having this conversation now and whoever decides to listen to this goes wow like music is just music and we just love music just all of us no matter where we come from or what you know how we relate to to whatever it's just music and we all just love it and I think that's where we should probably end <laughs> the <laughs> podcast. Um, is there any, uh, did you want any of the fans of the podcast to find you? Like, I know you have a couple of Instagrams right, flowing around. <laughs> I know um, you, you do I, pen palling and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, you know, if you, if you want to reach out to me professionally, um, you know, people are welcome to, to hit me up on my LinkedIn um, and if you want to communicate that way, um, that's totally fine. Um, that's probably the best way to reach me. Um, and cause I always reply if you write me a message or whatever. Um, if you do want to follow my, my pen pal, <laughs> you're welcome to, you don't have to, it's sushi bean crafts. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a fun hobby for me, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I would say LinkedIn is the best place, um, to connect. And if anything, you know, if we need to talk outside of LinkedIn, um, I can always give you my email in LinkedIn <laughs> too. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause you are definitely an inspiration to me because like, not just because you're Asian, but because you are doing everything for the right reasons. And like, that's something I want to apply to myself when I start working or when I get into the industry is that keep strong in your, in your morals and be like, you're not, you're not in it to ruin another person's day. You're in it to build up another person's day. and yeah (laughs) thank you I mean you know that that means a lot to me and you know it it honestly was so heartwarming you know after I I spoke in the forum so many people reached out and they were like thank you like it was it was so fun to, to to see you talk and you know to be able to relate and to just know how passionate you are about the industry um that makes me happy that makes me happy because you know I'm I'm happy that I get to kind of tell people like hey like like music is a feeling thing, you know, yeah. and it, it makes me happy that other people are like, oh, like me too. Like I love music like that too, and it's it makes me happy to be able to, you know, be part of a community uh, to talk to a bunch of people who love music and like what a great place to be. <laughs> Thank you again to Maria Saruda for taking time to appear on this podcast. You can follow Maria at Sushi Beancrafts on Instagram. Check out our link tree forward slash RJ Bagus, where Maria made an amazing playlist where she put all her favorite songs on it. Follow us on Instagram at WTAsiansAt.podcast. Podcast by RJ Bagus, music by Joseph Siwa, and art by Isabel Enriquez. We'll see you on the next episode to answer the question, where are the Asians at?